It is the Chicagoverse podcast on the Dynasty Podcast Network, featuring interviews with Chicago's premier artists in industry and creatives and culture leaders. Hosted by Haima Black, welcome to Chicago. Dynasty Podcasts recording live at Moxie Hotel in River North. We are continuing our series here tonight, uh, talking to a couple of great talents from Chicago, and we're keeping that going tonight with Rach, a.k.a. Rachel Jackson. Hey, How hey. are you doing? I'm good. I'm so excited. I just lost in Jenga, so I'm a little bummed, but I, it's I okay. heard that. I heard that from in the booth. I they heard the whole thing. They set me up. Slime yeah. set me up. And he did you dirty. That's crazy. I thought, like, I thought we had more as a friend, but <laughs> friends would be the, it's the closest ones to you. That's what they say. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's always, yeah, that's amazing. So you are somebody who I've been seeing your work online. I've been seeing what you've been doing. Uh, you do work as a playwright. You're a poet. You um, you just curated a room with Refinery29, which we're going to talk about. But, but bring us in, too, for anyone who doesn't know, everything you do, because you're very multifaceted. Cool. My name is Rachel, or Rach Jackson. I am... An educator, playwright, poet. Um, I am also a voice actor, and that's gonna become more public in about two months. So that's exciting. Really? Yes. Um, <laughs> uh, that's the newest thing I'm doing. I think that as a freelancer now. So I recently uh, I taught for five years in the Chicago public school system. So in the fall, I'm gonna take off a year to see what I can do with this art. So I think like as a new freelancer too, I'm out here trying to just really extend and like really making sure I'm enhancing what I'm good at and making sure I'm eating. <laughs> yeah, and that's that's all important. I, I mean, the freelance hustle is, it's hard. It's amazing, and yeah, when it no, works, it's, it's very rewarding, and then when it's slow or when you're in the waiting period or whatever, it's, man, it's, it's, it's a test. It's scary because... Um, it's not. It's completely new, but I was, like, part-time doing it. But I will say, in my fifth year of teaching, I was struggling balancing both. Right. And, you know, kids are humans, right? So, like, I'm not in the business of just, like, I don't know, orchestrating, like, something that's not human. But right. you have to make sure that you're present for them. And so I think that this year off is going to really... <laughs> I don't know. Freelancing is already scary, but to actually be like, this is what I'm doing for a year, it's some new nerves coming out. I'm not even going to stun. But that's usually something that's good when you kind of are nervous about something. You're like, that's let's see what this is. That's kind of usually like you're in the right frame of mind because you're pushing yourself out of your boundaries, et cetera, blah, blah, right. blah, right? Right, yeah. Um, but that's exciting. Thank you. So you mentioned the voice work, and you said that's going to become clear in the near future. Is that something we can ask about? or um, I can give a gray area. Sure. Um, give I us a am, vague answer. Um, I, I've i been, like, uh, voicing some characters in some, like, shows and games. Okay. So that's been exciting. I just That's as far as I can go. Right. But um, it's exciting because when we talk about, like, Refinery29, like, mm -hmm. that's my voice, too. Yeah. So it's exciting to hear my voice. So, like, that's another push of, like, oh, no, that's, like, also me. And um, I'm a big fan. I, I watched the Boondocks and really, really studying Regina Boondocks King. Boondocks was, yeah, man, that show was just like it was so good. And it was voiced by Regina King. And like I watched the video where she like 
pushed it like she did like Riley on one side of her and face then Huey and Huey on the other, other side. Yeah. So um God, just, I miss that show. Can you imagine if the boondocks <laughs> was on right now? Right now? No. It'd no, be, it would explode. It'd be fucking crazy. It would be fucking crazy and no one would know what to do. The writers <laughs> yeah. would pause and look at each other like, I mean, we I guess we don't have to twist it or right, right. it or anything. We're just gonna say what happened because we're living a boondocks episode right now. Well, that's what the writers from South Park have said the last year or two. They're just like how do you top that? Like, yeah, how do you top reality yeah. anymore? Because South Park used to be, like, the most ridiculous thing. And now yes. life has made South Park look like this adorable, quaint little whatever, you and know. Then, and then it's a challenge for the writers to even, right. like, push it. Like, what, yeah. where do we go from here? What, what are we going to do? Exactly. So, but you know what? Voice work, as much as anything, I don't know if everyone realizes that, that that's a skill. Yes. That is a talent. Because I think people might think, well, I talk every day. And it's like, we all talk every day, but... We all drive every day, too. It doesn't mean we can all go be, like, truckers and drive yes. yep. cross-country. It's like, so so let's do this, because we usually start with this question, and I feel like we're, we're jumping ahead. Sorry, I'm no, a talker. No, 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 I love it. I, I love, love to it. talk. <laughs> so let's start here at the beginning. This is usually what we always kind of open the podcast with. How did you get your start as a creative individual in whatever capacity you want to focus on, but when did that journey kind of begin for you and how? It started when I was um, uh, a smelly middle schooler. Mm -hmm. uh, As I would imagine all middle schoolers <laughs> I are. I swear, sixth grade, yeah. um, I was writing like hella angry poems, was like <laughs> just had some other shit happening personally, and my sixth grade language arts teacher took part of her lesson time to let me read my poems, and it was just like Next level, right? You know, um, my mom is also a poet, so she'd read poems for the church. She'd perform for the church. She'd do sign language for the church. Beautiful woman. Love her. Right. Um, but I was still, like, internalizing a lot of things. And Miss O'Connor, I will never forget her name either, just took time in her lesson to let me be a creative during her lesson. And I think that that... Um, pushed me also to be an educator, right? So I taught uh, third grade for four years, mm -hmm. fourth grade for, f for one year. And I think that that having an educator in a, I don't know, like middle school is such a, a time full of insecurities. Oh, so yeah. to have an adult say, hey, not only do I value your work, you're going to read the rest of your work to a classroom. I think that's when I initially first became a creator creative or yeah. creator or, or whatever you call whatever the fuck I'm doing now. Um, <laughs> and you are a creative. You're a professional creative. <laughs> that's true. That's true. I just, I just, um, I, you know, you flip flop out of like, what am I doing with my life still? But I do think that I, I do say when I was 12 was my first time that I was like, oh, I love doing this. I can, yeah. I, I love the attention. I love being on stage. Like, this is amazing. And I was like, no, but so like that's kind of I feel like when your identity starts to come mm -hmm. together. Like I remember being like 13 and being like, I want to be on the radio. And then by like 15, I had a radio internship, and now I'm 35, and I am um, 20 years later, I'm still doing broadcast work. You know what I mean? So I feel like your middle school identity, like that's where I think, uh, for at least some individuals, they start to kind of get that idea. Like, kind of want to make movies. I kind of want to like, what if I could be a photographer? You know, like I feel like that's when that voice oh, exactly. starts. Yeah. So. How do you go from that to, you know, as an adult, starting to actually, like, activate these things? Like, when did this start to become real for you where, like, you know, you're putting yourself out there and starting to get, you know, traction on that? You know, from 12 years old, like, to high school, I was a youth poet. And I, like, also worked with Louder Than a Bomb. So that's that's something that pushed me. And, like, yep, YCA, I was a YCA kid. And um, YCA was kind of like, you write in a lot of mediums, get in there so right. that was cool 
I, I like worked at a, at a theater for a while. I did a couple of work with um, the Neo Futurist Theater, and I. I had oh my a, god, man! You're like hitting yeah. everything. Because I mean, like, I feel like a, so many people I talk to on this podcast now. I'm like, so how'd you get your start? And they're like, well, you know, louder than a bomb, young Chicago authors, and like, right on. But Neo Futurists, that's yeah, cool too. Yeah, I did some work with Victory Gardens as well. So yeah. like, I theater has also always interested me. Like, I feel like I appreciate it being, you know, like having poetry in my life. Right. But I feel like playwriting was an avenue that I knew that I was going to do. Like, I knew that was for me as well. So, like, being able to, like, act, like, (laughs) sorry to put myself on blast, but I am not the best actress. A lot of people think, like, oh, like, you know, you're so expressive. I play the same character. I always play myself. Uh, I can't even cry on cue, so (laughs) Um, I like to write. (laughs) Yeah. So I'm the, I like to, I want to be the strings. I don't want to be necessarily in front of the camera. I want to be the person that is like making the story happen. Yeah. And that's incredible. And it sounds like you have been able to, cause you've done, you've written plays, right? Yes, you had a yes. play that uh, opened this summer. Yes. Um, so through, <laughs> I wrote, I wrote part of a chunk of um, walking Alice in Wonderland tours for okay. Neo Futurist. So it was me and it was a, um, a couple other talented poets. And we wrote a chapter in, in this like walking tour that um, Neo Futurists do. They like tour the whole story of Alice in Wonderland. And wow. from there, they connected me to the one minute play festival. And mm. so it's, it's interesting because like a lot of people, uh, and sorry to go on a tangent. It's just interesting. A lot of people talk to me about like, what do you do? Like, it's not this much money or like, I don't know. Like it's a, it's a decent amount of money, but I don't know these people at all. And it's like, right. take the risk. Like, sure. you know, one thing if connected me to a reoccurring festival. So the reason I've been in that festival, uh, one minute play festival for like three years now is because of the first connection that I had with the Neo Futurist, right? And and that was a job. I, I showed up on time and I was there all day. <laughs> you yeah. know, there are the things that like a lot of people don't realize. <laughs> so No, I mean creative work is still work. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. And not a, a lot of people think like I've had a lot of people who have approached me over the years being like, I want to be part of this podcast. And they're like so do we get to go to Lollapalooza? I'm like, I, oh maybe. My God. I don't know, man. Like, <laughs> what? It's, yeah, like that's usually the first thing they ask, and then like a week later they're like, ah, oh, never mind. I don't want to be involved. You know, like so uncool. they're like they think the internship is just like. So do we just hang out with Chance the Rapper all day? I'm like, oh. no. <laughs> that's like maybe every couple of years, like zero 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 point one percent. You right. know, like yeah, right. Like most of this is just like email, so, just like any creative work. Yeah, exactly. I follow um, Roxane Gay on Twitter mm-hmm. and like just a fan of her work. Um, and she said, she was like, you don't need to like write every day. You don't need to create every day. But what you do need is imagination and work ethic. And I thought that that was so crazy. Like imagination and work ethic got her where she was at. Like if you're being bland, then you're not going to get it. But if you don't want to work, if you don't want to put in any work, then you're not going to get anywhere anyway. It, it is amazing to me how how often, I mean, 100 billion percent I agree, how often I see people who are like, yeah, yeah, I want to do this thing. And I'm, you know, it's like, okay, well, go start doing that thing. I'm not mm-hmm, remotely mm-hmm. saying it's easy. I'm not saying it'll happen overnight. I'm not saying that you won't get basically kicked in the face 13 times, but it's like, you go do it anyway. Yes. And everybody who's great, and again, I'm not saying anything most of us don't know, Oprah, like Michael Jordan, blah, blah, blah. Right. Everyone who's great kind of got their face kicked in a bunch. A bunch. Like, <laughs> people were not, like, I don't know Michael Jordan's story, but I don't imagine when he was, like, 13, people were like, you, you're great, and everything's going to be easy. Like, that's not how shit works. No, and a lot of not. people don't recognize that, like, unfortunately for everything, like, okay, a buddy of mine is a DJ. He's in a group called Autograph, and he's performing this weekend at Lollapalooza. I have known this guy for like 12 years and I've seen 
how what hard he has worked. Yeah, is that, absolutely. And his Instagram is like killer. His Instagram is one of those that, that would make you so jealous if you didn't know him because it's like they tour the world and they it's like stay in these amazing properties and have Instagram, like Instagram. So I'm already excited to search him later. Oh my god, look up <laughs> look up autograph with an F at the end. But it's like their their life is this amazing travel party where they're just always at pool parties and DJing. But it's like on the back end, I have seen firsthand how hard he mm-hmm. worked, and his and his his partners in that have I'm sure done their their you know due diligence in in all that as well. You know. Um, but I guess what I'm saying is, like, it's a lot of fucking work to get anywhere worthwhile. And everybody 100%. just sees the end result on Instagram, and they think, oh, my God, how easy is this? And it's like, no, dude. Anybody who's, like, doing shit and has longevity, they had to, like, work so fucking hard to get there. And 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 I, it's crazy because I just tweeted about that shit yesterday. I was like, one public victory? Do you know how many failures have come in between one public victory? Yeah. It's, it's interesting because even in the poetry world, right, like, I submit to something. I try to get a fellowship or something. I try to get some grant, and I get rejected. Right. And, like, a couple of my poet friends who also were getting rejecting, rejection letters was like, let's share that shit because it's a lot of new people submitting their work, and they think no one has failed. And so, like, even that is encouraging. Like, you get a rejection, and you're like, the world is ending. But you're like, I, I'm putting myself out there, you know? If I didn't try it, I would also be rejected. So You know, I, I have to remind myself sometimes that even Kanye West tried to break into the fashion world, and no one wanted him. In yeah, fact, yes, Kanye West no tried one, to break into, into the rapping that. world, and no one wanted him as a yeah. rapper originally when he was a producer. Mm-hmm. So it's like, even someone at Kanye West level, because I think people also think you kind of have enough money and you have enough clout that it's at a certain point people just say yes to anything. Right. And like, I guess maybe if you're Steven Spielberg or Bill Murray, but like short of that, it's like even Kanye, you know, had to like, Kanye hit ceilings. So if Kanye hit people say, say no to him, we're sure as shit, at least me, I'm I'm definitely going to have people. Yeah. Yeah. And and it'll be fine. I think that like, it's not, you know, I won't act like I'm like, oh, whatever, I got rejected and shake it off immediately. You know, no, it's, it's a lot of, it's a, it's a couple of tears in MasterChef episodes. Right. But it, it is a human thing that happens. You know, I want, I, I don't know. I just like want to continue to work and want to continue to grow. So it's always interesting when um, you are rejected. You're like, what? I've right. done this and this and they, you know. Don't you know. Bring it harder next time is what essentially what the rejection letter says. And I need that push. Yeah. And that, that makes everybody better. Exactly. Yep. So, um, you know, you do a lot of different things. Like we talked about, like the playwright work, the poetry work, the, the teaching, all these things, the voiceover. Do you enjoy being multifaceted? Because I, I feel like some people really thrive when they're like, this is the one thing I do and this is the only thing I can focus on. Other people, I think, are at their best when they kind of have a couple things on the stove. Is that your best version? Yes, yes. I think I, I'm a Gemini. Okay. <laughs> uh, so, you know, the stereotype is that I have to have my hands in a couple of pots, you know, right. the two sides of me and all that shit. But, like, I think that when I was, um, you know, when I was only doing poetry, I was excited and I was focused, but I was also like, what else? You know right. what I mean? Like, right, I can right, do right. what else. And so it was even harder because the whole time I was like, working 45, 50 hours a week as a CPS teacher. Yeah. So Which is, in and of itself, I would imagine, yeah. exhausting. It Mentally, was, physically, I'm, I, you emotionally. Know, a lot of people, and this is a, you know, a side tangent, but a lot of people have been like, oh, like, you're not teaching in the fall. Like, we're so excited for you. Like, I know your art's going to take off now. But, like, all honesty, it was just hard mentally as well to, like, I love my kids. Right. But I'm, like, yeah, literally yeah. giving a t- portion of my life to my to my job, you know, and still giving up my art. Right. So 
Sorry. So no, no, this is all this is all great stuff. Um, I'm trying to backtrack to the other question. And I'm blanking right now. We were talking Just about, about oh, how you're thriving by doing multiple yes um, great adventures. So so yeah. So teaching was a, a you know my my teaching was married at one point. I was lesson planning. I was doing all that. But I think sure. that the more I started to love other things other than teaching, I think I thrive with multiple things on the stove that I care about. Right. I think that if I'm just stuffing my face with things, I'd struggle. And I think that things that I care about, that I love, that I'm rooted in, I thrive more than one thing. Like if I was, when I, you know, a lot of people don't know this, but my first and second year of teaching, I was not doing anything else. Right. I'm going to invest everything in this. Like I, you know, I have to, like I have to teach for five years for my scholarship. I have to do this. I have to do that. And I was so unhappy. You know, so like I think that me having a lot, a lot of things on the pot is or on the stove is me believing in myself over and over again. Being multifaceted is believing in yourself over and over again in a lot of ways that you're like, yup, I can do this and this. And well, and you're less reliant on other people if you can do all the different parts of it. And I don't know if you're anything like me. You know, because I a lot of times I have a couple different things going on, and I think as we're heading towards this gig economy, freelance world in general, everybody's going to be everybody's going to be there. But like, at least in my end, there's a lot of instances where when I got stuck in one thing, I go work on something else, and it really like opens my mind up in a different way. And then when I come back to the original thing I was stuck on, yes, I have a totally fresh perspective on it. You know, yes, yeah. So anyway. So I think that's really remarkable. When I was looking at your website and I was looking at your one sheet, I was just like, wow, man, like you do a lot, you know? Thank you. (laughs) Yeah. So one of the big things that you've had going on, I think it's just right now ending, you were part of the Refinery29, 29 Rooms project. So for anyone who didn't make it out, Bring us into what that is, what it means, all these things. Um, Refinery29 uh, does this thing. They put it on, and it's like usually in New York, it's called 29 Rooms. And it's basically 29 groups of artists uh, get together, and they create a space. They create an area. They create a room. And it's very, like, feminine ba- femin- feminism-based. Sorry. Mm-hmm. Very feminism-based, very inclusive work that they want to um just challenge a lot of thinking. So 29 Rooms in Chicago was just a collection of a lot of rooms that were, like, cool to, like, also take pictures in, but there was a lot of reflective work, like... um, uh, Shani Crow, and I'm hoping I'm saying her, her name right because it also must, might be Shani. Uh, Shani Crow also did this whole, um, I forget the number of her, of her room, but she had a shrine, right? Where mm-hmm. in, the, in the second half was a shrine and, the, and then the top part was like um, an altar of sorts and it was beautiful. And I think that it was called um, Rest in Power, Rest in Peace, Rest in Power, right? And so it's two victims of gun violence is to like black and brown people and I thought that that was powerful as well sounds very powerful so I think that like sometimes people are like oh 29 rooms like I'm gonna go in there I'm gonna take hella pictures that shit is gonna be fucking awesome it's gonna it's be just hella this Instagram, on my Instagram right, right, right. Yeah. yeah and so like you know I went with like a couple of homies um, the night before it opened to the public and I was astounded right and so like there's also another room in which you can walk in and write your representatives in your state to be like, yo, like, there's a lot of crazy fucked up shit happening. Um, so I think that 29 Rooms just, it's just this, like, <laughs> a melting pot. Oh, God, not melting pot. A mixture, I'll say. Right. A mixture of um, people who have created, who are creators, and who are still sending a message. I think that each room sent a message that I was 
so excited to just be a part of. Like, I was just like, the night before, I was, you know, the night before it opened to the public, a lot of people, a lot of the creators, a lot of the content people, the people on staff had this party and we drank and we like walked around rooms and all me and my boyfriend were doing were like freaking out, right? Like, you know, Kimberly Lee walked by me and like nodded and I like caught that nod and I swallowed that bitch. You know what I mean? Like, right. I'm like, <laughs> I'm keeping this here, you know? So I think that, um, yeah, 29 Rooms is just very cool on a lot of aspects. I think that 29 Rooms also, like, really uh, makes a fucking statement about humanity um, and how it's not just one thing. Like, there's no. not just 29 things either, but there's also just these layers of whatever the fuck you're trying to say. Like, you could write a message or you can create a fucking room and right. send that message. So that's why another reason why I was like, Refinery 29 did their damn thing. Well, and so it sounds like an incredible concept. How did you first get involved? How did that connection happen? Um, they uh, hit me up. They emailed me. And so, you know, this is the opportunity to say rachjackson at gmail.com. Uh, yeah. <laughs> um, they emailed me for a call, and then we talked business. And um, they let me know, like, the process. So, essentially, um, I created the poem, and the video was based off my poem. Um, the skyscrapers from the designer were already being constructed but I don't think they knew exactly where or they knew exactly where but um, the video so it was three parts the mirror skyscrapers the video and then my voice slash poem and so like two out of three like I kind of helped with but I was I didn't even know what the room looked like until I walked in right so that was even cool I got a Instagram notification from Sierra McKissick who works with AMFM who friend uh, of this podcast and she's remarkably talented oh, she's the best and no, she's, she's so best. like, like I don't want to go off on, on how much I think she's the best, but Sierra's And great. she just gets so much done. Oh, absolutely. She's tireless. Yeah, so absolutely. Sierra McKissick, huge ops. De- yeah. Definitely. Love her. AMFM, mag- uh, AMFM Gallery. I almost say AMFM Magazine because there was also a magazine sure. in there. Um, but she, uh, through the press release, she sent me it, and I was like, oh, my God, like, that is tonight. So, like, me, I just got an assistant. I'm still, like, making sure, like, I can create so many things, but Lord knows I can't create my calendar. <laughs> <laughs> right. So, you know, I, like was like, oh, and I texted the lady like, oh, man, I definitely have to, you know, be there. And I made sure she was like, yeah, obviously you made a room like you're sure. in tonight. Like, what's wrong with you? You didn't have it in your calendar. So we went and that's how I found out. And I saw my room and I was able to see the trifecta of the my the three things like my my words and my voice, the video and the skyscrapers were so beautiful that I, you know, I, 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 I'm a thug, but I teared up a little bit. It was, it was beautiful. You know what I'm saying? It was really that's beautiful. real. So. That's real. Yeah, that's incredible, though. So. Do you feel like that was one of your larger public, uh, let's say, highlights or victories or whatever, you know, like the kind of thing that you would put on Instagram and then people were like, oh, my God, she's killing it. Absolutely. Like, yeah. that was so cool. Like, I was putting that shit on my Instagram and then I, people were also tagging me in that shit on Instagram. So right. I definitely was like, refinery 29, 29 rooms, hashtag, you know, <laughs> 29 sure. rooms, Chicago. Like, I was definitely pushing that bitch. Like, it was like a couple of other things. And I think that 29 rooms also highlights my poetry because I wrote that piece. You know, I edited that piece. I toiled over that piece and then I recorded it. You know, but I also think it highlights my voiceover because I was or like my voice acting work that I'm like really pushing as well, because that's my voice playing. That's my emotions playing. That's where I wrote in. So I think that 29 Rooms was able to like knock out two of the things that I really want to continue doing for the rest of my life. Well, and now you have this incredible portfolio piece. That That's you can show forever. Yeah. I made a press kit the other day. Yeah. That was cool. So. Well, like I said, your one sheet, or maybe that's what you're referring to, but like the the 
the kind of like overview of your work on your website looks really, really good. Thank you. No, I just recently made a tab. So I like do the, do all the shit, right? Like I make my website, I made my press kit. Um, and so like, I actually have like a little four page thing that I like modeled off a couple of people's press kits because, you know, don't reinvent the wheel. See what they did. That's, that's how we <laughs> how did, did it, they man. they pitch themselves, you know, you can pitch yourself. So, yeah, I, we put together a one sheet uh, about this podcast and definitely like when I was emailing my graphic designer, I was like, all right, here's a couple of large brands and how they did it. We're not going to copy them, but like definitely here's a roadmap. Do you not know? reinvent the wheel is like right. the teacher's main thing. The teachers would definitely tell you like, no, there's a lesson plan. Just tweak. It. Just, yeah. just don't make it harder bit. than it needs to be. Exactly. Um, that's amazing. Uh, what else is on deck for you coming up in 2018 or even beyond? Like what can you preview? Um, I... I have a book coming out. Um, I'm working on my manuscript. Um, wow. Can't exactly say the publisher. Um, but I am excited to... Um, I've been really just revisiting a lot of a lot of things I've been working on. And I'm really nervous because it's my debut poetry collection. Yeah, that's right. And I'm right. like, what am I going to write about? But also, like, what am I not going to write about? Like, So that has been interesting. Um I'm excited for the actual, there's an app coming out that I'm voicing. That's really cool. So it's just a lot of non-disclosures that I'm like, right. you're tottering on saying, but um, I'm excited. I think that the main thing I'm excited about is uh, just fully investing in myself. I think that I am giving myself 100%, and I think that's really important. So, you know, this time next year, who knows where I'll be, but I will, even if I go back to teaching, honestly, even if I go back to teaching because of money or whatever, right. I'll know that I gave myself a chance. Well, so that's and like, like the last thing. Even if you teach again, doesn't mean that you can't, like, your schedule can change beyond Absolutely. that. And yeah. like, yeah, 100%. I, I get nervous about that. I have to tell myself and remind myself, like, you're not a failure if this happens. Like, as you're long as, I think as long as you're making or planning on making or taking the time for yourself. Like, I don't think you're failing until you're just like, I give up and I'm garbage and I'll never do this again, which right. is not saying that no, you're going to do that. Point. No, that's but a good like, point, though. But it's like, you mm-hmm. know, it's important to take time for yourself. It's important to switch things up. It's important to try new things. And I'm saying this as somebody who, myself, it's like, I, I try to keep that in mind, too, because just like everyone right now, it's like turning this podcast around, just like everyone who's doing photos and videos and everything else. It's like, it's a, it's a job. It's a job. You know, and you need to creating is a job. You need to care. Right. Exactly. <laughs> you know, this is not like, if you're like, I'm going to get on during this, you knew that you don't care. And it's visible that you don't care. So right. like, I appreciate you. Cause I can tell you absolutely know, and you're invested and rooted in this bitch, like, or shit. Or <laughs> yeah, no, it's, it's true, man. I've been doing this podcast for 13 years. It's a, mm-hmm. it's a long fucking time. But People were using sidekicks yeah. when I started this. Not a sidekick. My mama had a sidekick, and she like pulled it oh, out of the church the coolest one day thing. To, to stunt. They <laughs> were the. I will never ever forget being at a concert. Legitimately, I see this so clear in my mind's eye. Being at a concert at the House of Blues, it was like the Blood Brothers or somebody, and like a a kid I knew, like you know, like early twenties or whatever. Right. He takes out his sidekick, and he got on the internet. And I'm not kidding you. I remember this thought so clearly. I remember thinking. If you could get on the internet during a concert, it's fucking over. Let it go. Let it go. Like, You're in the, a concert. Right. Just the idea of like, you got online on your phone while you're out somewhere and then like and now look where we are but it's just like no, I remember when I that was like I love Twitter man like, oh my god shout out Twitter and you're really good on Twitter oh thank you thank, thank you you know a lot of people don't get my references I, you know never mind I was gonna talk <laughs> about a tweet that didn't go up today but you know you're like it's, just, it's, it's too cool. sophisticated for the masses I'm gonna let it go I sure. don't think it's appropriate for the masses that's why I stop myself 
Um, this is amazing, though. Uh, how can people find your work? What's your website? Um, so my name is Rachel Jackson, R-A-C-H-E-L, but you can find me on everything, R-A-Y-C-H Jackson, um, dot com, Rach Jackson. So on the side to the right, I made this website, so I know, uh, it's every fucking single social media that I have that I use, including a donate bot button at the bottom. Yeah. Um, and Rach Jackson at Gmail, Rach Jackson at Facebook, Rach Jackson at Twitter and Instagram and Tumblr. You got uh, that for branding. For my weirdos out there, you know, yeah. because I fucking love Tumblr and Tumblr doesn't get a lot of love um, I'm just the same everywhere uh, if you put in R-A-C-H-E-L Rachel Jackson um, Andrew Jackson's wife pops up so make sure <laughs> make so sure look up you put R-A-Y-C-H Jackson anything and then I will appear and you know follow me and all of that and it's, it's interesting too because the retweet versus the like button retweet me <laughs> so, Yo, yeah for real for real retweet me <laughs> makes a difference yeah definitely does um, thank this, you for having me this is so fun I'm sorry if I talk too much no. this is so great oh my god you're on a podcast. You don't apologize for talking That's on a, a podcast. Nope, you got me. You're right. You're right. Yeah. Well, and I have to shout out my producer Natalie, who's out here. She is the one because again, I've been seeing your work, but uh, when when this particular project tonight that we're doing came up, it was kind of last minute, and I texted Natalie, and I was like, Natalie, I got a couple ideas in mind. Who else do you think that I might have missed that we should get on this podcast? And you were the first person she recommended. That's dope. That's and then so you responded cool. so quickly, and I was like, Oh, in all thank caps. God. And I said, You absolutely. literally said absolutely all caps. <laughs> And I will tell you, as somebody who has booked a lot of these interviews, when I get that response, I'm like, oh, thank God you made it easy. Thank you so much for making it easy. I just fucking pumped this shit out. Hell yeah. Yes. And then I saw you announce me and Slime, who I've known for almost a decade. And I yeah. was like, hell yeah. Me and Zach. Oh, I mean, Slime. You right. Know? Not going to say no government names here. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, This I was very excited with the way that this lineup came together. So... Here's the thing about Dynasty Podcast, you know, because we're so Chicago-centric, we like bringing people back. So as you have new projects going on, please come back, update us, let us know how things are going. That would be so cool. I, I would, would love that. I would love to come back. Like, I'm having a lot of fun, and this setup is extremely what my... I'm. You know, the older I get, the more introverted I get, and I think this setup is perfect for my fake introverted ass. Right. So. Yeah, we're in a booth, in a lobby, there's a lot of people around, but we're still isolated. We're still isolated. It's perfect. That's what I need right now. I love it. Uh, Rach Jackson, a.k.a. Rachel Jackson, thank you so much for taking the time and coming thank out and being a part again. of this. All right. Awesome. Good night, everybody. You've been listening to a production of Dynasty Podcasts. Find more Dynasty Podcasts at DynastyPodcast.com. For the dynamic dynasty, Dynasty Descend.